Welcome to the Ruler's World Broadcast. Stay tuned as Pastor William Beckson shares with you insights on how to take dominion on the earth. Today is such an important day. Just because it's been set aside to honor and celebrate fathers. But before we have this all-important conversation this morning, I want you to do two prayers. The first is to pray for yourself that God will open the eyes of your understanding, that God will open the eyes of your heart, that God will open your ear to hear his word and impart grace to your heart to put the word you have heard to practice. And the second prayer is to pray for me that God will give me utterance to communicate his counsel this morning because we want to address uh, men this morning and have a conversation with men this morning and the women that are in their lives. And um, we need to be surgical this morning because this is a very important and delicate uh, subject. So you are praying for yourself uh, for God to open the eyes of your understanding, open your ears to hear, and grace to put into practice what God quickens in your heart. And number two, you are asking God to grant me utterance this morning. Utterance. God, put your word in his mouth. Put your word in his mouth. That's the second prayer. Let's do this in two minutes. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice because today is, is, is very important because of what we are celebrating. Because of what we are celebrating, it's an important uh, day. It is special service. It is special service. It is special service. And to Berlin, the Velagaro has cemented the Velagaro's Open our ears to hear your word in the name of Jesus. I am an Lord, I yield to you this morning. Please put your word in my mouth. Put your counsel in my mouth. Connect my mouth to your counsel, Lord. Access to your counsel. Jesus. Give me the power of communication this morning. Let my word be with power this morning, Lord. Let my word be with power. Let it have the, the potency to destroy confusion. Let the words of my mouth have the capacity to bring direction. Dear God, let the words of my mouth this morning have the capacity 
to install courage and boldness. Help us make the quality decisions we need to make, Lord. Help us this morning, even in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, thank you so much this morning. Thank you for your sweet presence in our midst. Your name be praised as we fellowship together and learn from you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, shall we be seated? God bless you. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to every one of our, uh, our men. Hallelujah. Uh, it's, it's such such a powerful thing to to be looking at this I, I i felt i felt that we take advantage of this emphasis to to share some thoughts on 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 manhood on maleness fatherhood on boyhood hallelujah and um this is so germane because according to the plan of god the male man, the man, in this case I'm not using man in a generic sense to mean mankind. I'm using man in its specific sense as the male, the matured male. The male who has come into full alignment with God. The male who is operating under the absolute authority of God's word and the leadership of his spirit. That's the man we're, we're talking about this morning. And this morning, I'm just going to depend on the Holy Spirit to, to give, us, give us meat, to give us food. Amen. Uh, as many of you as have used vehicles, driven cars for a while, there is a particular challenge in, in driving vehicles. After a while, if your vehicle detects or, or, or has this problem of non-alignment or an alignment problem, what will begin to happen is that you will begin to realize that your tires wear unevenly. Your tire is supposed to wear evenly if the weights are properly distributed across board. But when there is a problem with the alignment of your vehicle, even though your tire is wearing, it wears unevenly. And once that becomes the problem, the solution is not buying a new tire. If you don't go deep into fixing what the problem is and you just keep changing your tire, uh, sooner than later, the new tire also begins to wear unevenly. And if you think the problem was with a tire manufacturing company and so you want to change the supplier, that new tire you will also get will suddenly begin to develop an uneven wear and tear. If you get a good mechanic and he does a diagnosis of your vehicle, uh, he's going to tell you that, oh, there is a problem with the alignment. And what we need to fix is with the alignment. And once the alignment of the vehicle is fixed, you will begin to realize that your tire wears evenly. And so you don't have to change it as often as you do when there is an alignment problem. Uh, this analogy I have just given, 
sinks in very beautifully with what happens to society when the male man or the man is not aligned. The wear and tear we see in homes, the wear and tear we see in marriages, the wear and tear we see in our society, our community, our nation, can largely be traced to non-aligned men. Uh, that's why I, I, I asked for prayer from you this morning, because this is a very heavy subject. It's a heavy subject before, because now you can't even define manhood looking at society. There is such a huge confusion as to what constitutes manhood. And as long as there is not clarity around who a man is, our society will be bedeviled with the wear and tear that it can't even trace to be able to cure. Because the real cause, being non-aligned men, will never be found because who a man is can't be defined again. So this morning we are, we are journeying in conversation and we are seeking to apprehend. We are seeking to take a hold of what God is expecting from men. And if you are a man in this service, and as I say again, man in its strict sense of a matured male person, and the proof of that maturity is absolute and total submission to God's authority. That's who a man is. A man is a male who has come into that place of absolute submission to the authority of God and his word and to the leadership of the spirit of God. That's who a man is. And we are saying that the challenges we find in all the spheres of life can be traced to men becoming non-aligned or not properly aligned to the authority and the rule of God. So this morning, please think with me and give me your maximum attention. Uh, what we are doing this morning must be surgical. And so we may be interspersing the conversation with prayers because we need prayers. We need prayers. Yesterday we were having the School of Purpose and I, I said something by inspiration. I thought about it again this, uh, last night and I thought, okay, let, let me develop that thought a bit more. I said, I said if you, you ask anybody, and in this case let me use a man, and many men, just because it's Father's Day, I'm using men, it's also applicable to women, but many men uh, conveniently define themselves uh, by their professions and by what they have done. And I'm not minimizing the place of work in the, in the life of a man uh, because that's, that's, that's presence. The way a man expresses himself is in his production. So I'm not taking that away. But I'm saying that uh, that doesn't define who a man is. And so if somebody tells you he's a father, or somebody tells you uh, he's a husband, or somebody tells you he's a medical doctor, or he's an engineer, or he's a lawyer, an accountant. If somebody tells you all these things that has been added or accomplished by a male man, what we need to do is literally deconstruct 
that person until we come to the place of his maleness. Uh, because if we don't address the maleness of the man, what will happen is that assuming there is fear in his maleness and timidity in his maleness and, and um, uh, insecurity in his maleness, that he's a husband doesn't change that. Uh, that he's a lawyer doesn't change that. He will just be a timid lawyer or uh, an insecure medical doctor or that he's a billionaire will not change uh, the defects or the insufficiencies in his maleness. And so um, this morning we are celebrating fathers, but I need us to go all the way back uh, to maleness. Um, because who you are as a father has a lot to do uh, with your maleness. And if a man does not understand his maleness, uh, he will malfunction as a father and malfunction as a husband and malfunction as a professional. So this morning, uh, we will covet your prayers as, as men. We'll covet your prayers because uh, this is a divine responsibility just to be a man. It's a divine responsibility that cannot be taken for granted. And um, not to take anything away from our women, um, because of many of the challenges and ills of society, which was not what God planned it to be, uh, there has been such a drive to ensure that um, femininity becomes the driving force of society. And so even many males have been affected by feminine ideologies. Because a society is very difficult to conquer if males are properly aligned. And uh, the people who seek to control society knows that uh, the success of their agenda is only possible if they find a way of minimizing maleness. I was talking about you praying for us because... In Genesis chapter 3, uh, there is a revelation of, of, of untold heartbreak. Uh, God created man in his image and after his likeness. And the Bible says in verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1, that male and female created he them. And so in the mind of God, uh, mankind, according to his wisdom, must come in male and female uh, models. But in his wisdom, he started the manifestation of mankind with the male man. And so the foundation of the human family is firmly rooted upon the substructure of the male man. That's the wisdom of God. He created the male man first as the foundation for the human family, the male man. And then later brought out the woman out of the male man. So before God brought the woman out of the male man, God gave the male man an assignment, a vehicle through which he can rule, subdue, manage, and lead the earth for God. So God planted a garden and put him in there and says, dress this garden, keep it, preserve it, protect it. And as Adam went about 
doing that, don't forget he's in the image and likeness of God, fully aligned to the authority of God, fully aligned to the word of God. God had given him his word, and Adam was, was operating by the strict orders of God. And as long as he was doing that, everything, including his environment, was under his absolute control. And then God brought the animals that he had uh, formed uh, to Adam to name them. And Adam began to give names to all these animals. And Adam, uh, the mailman, did an amazing work of naming all the animals and, and taking care of the garden and, and, and nurturing it and uh, defending it and protecting it and doing such a brilliant job. And then the Bible said, God said, it is not good for this male man to be alone. And don't forget, this is not an afterthought because the Bible says male and female created he them. Uh, we are talking about the manifestation of the counsel of God. The will of God or the manifestation of the will or counsel of God is progressive. So the fact that you can only see the male man on the scene does not mean this is all God has to offer. So God, looking at man, uh, said it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make for him help, suitable for him. And then God put man to sleep, brought out the woman by taking his rib and fashioning and designing and crafting a woman out of the rib uh, of that man, according to the text. And then the Bible said he presented the woman to the man. And, and just like Adam was so proficient in naming all the animals, Adam saw the woman and says, she is woman because she is born of my bone and flesh. So Adam spoke to the woman. Adam spoke to the animals. Adam managed the garden by speaking uh, to, to, to the plants. Because how can you nurture and cultivate a garden when you don't have any cutlass or don't have any implement? The words of man were the tools of man. So the way Adam managed the garden was by the words he was speaking. And then God brings this woman. Adam speaks to the woman. You will be called woman. You were taken from me, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So up until this time, uh, Adam is such such a speaker, such a talker, such a communicator, powerful man, speaking and his words coming to pass. This is the first Adam before the fall. Then in Genesis chapter 3, uh, the Bible uh, gives us a revelation of the serpent being more subtle than all the cattle that the Lord God had made. And because of his subtlety, Satan, who uh, is a falling angel, took possession of the serpent, who was one of the cattle. So the serpent had legs. It was after God cursed it that it lost its legs and began to crawl on his belly. Because the Bible says it was one of the cattle, the most subtle among all the cattle. And as the serpent began to engage the woman, this is a very powerful thing, the woman began to speak with the serpent and um, as that conversation ensued, Satan was able to prevail on the woman to go against the word of God. And in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, when finally the woman took the fruit 
of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She ate it. And the last part of that verse is, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So whilst the conversation was going on between Eve and the serpent, this Adam who is a talker suddenly lost his voice. This is the same guy who named all the animals. This is the same guy who called the woman woman because he's bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And when it mattered most, when it mattered most, Adam was quiet. Adam was silent. And Eve had this conversation because when she took it, she gave it with, gave it to her husband with her. The man had not gone far. He was around, but said nothing. And interestingly, when he ate, and God came and said, Adam, where are you? He found his voice again. It wasn't Eve who spoke to God. It was this Adam who was mute when it mattered most. He suddenly found his voice again and was giving elaborate explanations as to why they had breached the word of God. We see that when the woman ate the fruit, the entire creation was intact. But when the woman served that same meal to the husband and he ate it, God came out of his dimension and said, Adam, where are you? That means you are not aligned. Adam, there is a problem. There's a non-alignment. And because of this non-alignment, there's going to be a lot of wear and tear. You are going to now sweat and struggle before you eat. A woman is also going to suffer some of this wear and tear because she's going to conceive in pain and deliver through pain. Uh, not only that, even the earth is also cursed. These are wear and tear that came as a result of non-alignment of the male man. I want to submit to the males in this house and the men in this house that many times we are in spiritual warfare and we don't even know it. Because spiritual warfare usually doesn't look like it. Whoever thought that a harmless conversation, whoever thought that being served with a meal that your wife has eaten and is still alive, whoever thought that that is what is going to make you lose your dominion over God's creation. The Bible declares, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visitest. He says, you have made him a little lower than Elohim. And you have made him to have dominion over all the works of your hands. That dominion was lost through spiritual warfare. And yet it didn't look like warfare. That means when you were supposed to speak up and you kept quiet... You are going to suffer wear and tear. Your children will be implicated. Your wife, will, you see, the beneficiaries of manhood is women and children. They are the first beneficiaries. That means when a man veers off, the first casualties are women and children. And in the same vein, if a man gets it right, the first beneficiaries are women and children. So the best gift a wife has for his husband is not sex, it's prayer. Because we are in warfare. What you will do and nothing will happen. If I try it, we will suffer wear and tear. If you have a gift for your, 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 your husband, it should be prayer. Because many times we are fighting devils we don't even know. Because they don't come with horns. They can come with hallelujah. So you'll be embracing devils without knowing. Oh, if a man will have a wife who prays for him, 
You'll be a great man. You'll be a great man. Because sometimes we don't even know what, what has afflicted us. <laughs> you don't even know. And, and, and because the male man is not so expressive, we can be bleeding and be going on for years. We may not tell you because it doesn't come naturally to the male man to talk about his hurts, his challenges, and his issues. But a wise woman and a wise wife and a wise, a wise lady in the life of a man will take it upon herself to pray for the men in their lives. Can we pray for fathers? Can we pray for males? Can we pray for men? Because I can assure you that what, you know, the last time we did something like that, I challenged Kwejri Agri, who said, if you educate a man, you have done what? You have educated one person. But if you educate a woman, you've educated a nation. That one man, if you don't educate him, eh, the nation you have educated will be wrecked by the one uneducated man. To just let you understand the power of maleness. And the power of maleness is not to suppress females. No. Strength is for the weak. So I want you to pray for us. I don't know how the service will, will go, but I'm just leaning on God. I've done, I've done extensive study, but I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not fe I slept here yesterday, uh, but I'm not feeling it. So I'm, I'm just letting loose the sail so that the Holy Ghost can just help us glide. Hallelujah. So I, I, we are just interspersing what I've said so far uh, with prayer because many times spiritual warfare doesn't look like it. And there are men right in the heat of warfare who don't even know. They are not aware that this decision I'm about to make will be the reason why we will be lost in the forest for 10 years. This choice I'm about to make will be the reason why my family will go in circles for 15 years. They don't even know. It's a harmless meal, but it will make you lose your dominion. It's a harmless meal, but you will never recover. It took God thousands of years to bring another man to correct what that first man destroyed. Thousands of years. But for the grace of God, many of us will not have enough time to correct the bad decisions and choices we have made. But for the grace of God, you won't have, because it took God thousands of years to correct what the first Adam did. How long are you going to live? You don't have the luxury of making poor judgments. You don't have the luxury of making poor choices. You don't have the luxury of making bad decisions. You may not have time to recover. What we need is insight to see beyond the story. What we need is insight to see beyond what is presented, to see beyond the options. Would you want to just pray for us? Just pray for us. Just pray for us. We're praying for fathers. We are praying for men. We're praying for, oh my God, we're praying. Lord, insight for males, insight for men, insight, Lord, insight, Lord, insight, Lord, insight, insight, Lord, insight. In the name of Jesus, give us insight. Cause us to see beyond the obvious. Cause us to see beyond the obvious. Cause us to see beyond the obvious. Give us a sense of awareness, a sense of responsibility so that we don't gamble the destinies of our families away so we don't gamble the destinies of our children away so we don't gamble the destinies of our community away lord give us insight in the mighty name of jesus thank you father in jesus mighty name according to ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30 is it 22 30 uh please please 
flash that scripture on the screen. Let's see. Ezekiel 22, 30. Yes. According to this text, the scarcest commodity is man. Man under the absolute authority of God. Man under the leadership of the Spirit of God. And the Bible says, And I sought for a man among them. I sought for a man that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none. According to this text, real men are scarce. Men upon whose shoulders the destiny of the land lies. Men upon whose shoulders the destiny of families rest. Men upon whose shoulders God said, I found none. God is in the habit of looking for men. He came into the garden and said, Adam, where are you? He's looking for men. He's speaking through the voice of the prophet and he says, I sought for a man. That if I can get one man who can align with me, I can, I can cure the wear and tear of the land. If I can get one man. But I diligently sought for a man and I found none. That is sad day. That means there are many people in the land, but no one is playing according to God's template. You know, when Jesus was born and the same was told of John the Baptist, the Bible tells us uh, that they were born as males. In fact, uh, when the Bible says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is giving, the angel telling Mary said, you will conceive with his son and, and, and he's just pointing to his maleness that it's not a female it's a male you are going to get pregnant with a male and, and, and the Bible said and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit he was filled with wisdom and had favor with God and with men that's such a powerful process that God reveals to us. And, and when I was preparing for this, God said, I should speak to women who happen to be raising their children all by themselves because of um, um, a crisis in the home. Don't raise your male child as a woman. I don't know how you're going to do that. But you need to get into God and find some healthy patterns for your boys to be to be coached by. And it could be that maybe you've lost your husband, like my dad died when I was 11. There is such a huge tendency for... Because a woman is a woman is a woman. A woman is not a man. And so what comes naturally to a woman is womanhood and femaleness. And there is a huge temptation to raise men as women. So God said, I should just say that to you. But God has given us so many patterns and templates. 
And in this Luke chapter 2 verse 40 scripture, we see a, a template for childhood. A template for childhood. What, what your child must be, must be busy with is growth, waxing strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God being upon him. This must become a curriculum for childhood. But he's not just left us without template for the other stages of development. For example, as a husband, Jesus the Christ is a template for husbands because the Bible calls him the bridegroom and the church's bride. So this can be a powerful template for childhood, maleness, but Jesus as a bridegroom becomes a perfect template for husbands. And God the Father now becomes a template for fatherhood. So at every stage of the development, there is a divine template we need to align with. One man said, man cannot stand meaningless life. There is nothing as frustrating as meaninglessness in a man. So his advice was this, where your fear is, there is your task. That means you need to confront your fear and overcome it. As I gave thought to this, I realized that many of us have no idea how this deceptive spirit called fear has invaded our souls. We have no idea. The only way forward is quality decisions. And the challenge of quality decisions is courage. Many times it's not as if we don't know what to do. We are afraid. But it's not in maleness to say I'm afraid. He says a man needs difficulties. They are necessary for his health. True, true men, true males don't run away from difficulties. Because difficulties are necessary for their health. The Bible talks about Jotham. And the Bible says, And Jotham became great or mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. He became mighty. He became great because he prepared his ways before the Lord. In my meditation, what really dawned on me is that many of us as males don't understand the far-reaching consequence of our choices, our decisions, or of our indecisions and silent choices. Like what happened to Adam? He made a choice to be quiet. And because we do not see the full scope of our decisions or indecisions, we take for granted the seasons of preparation. One man said, if life begins at 40, then make sure you use it for research. Because when you finish that 40 years, you must have some findings you want to implement with the rest of your life. But many of us abuse the time and seizing of our preparations because we don't understand that the choices we are making or the decisions we are not taking has far-reaching consequence on, the, on our own lives first, but on the lives of the women and the children in our lives and on the land, on the society, and on our communities. So to be a man is serious business. 
And that's why in the wisdom of God, he ensured that man had all the help he needed. Because why will God tell man it's not good for you to be alone when God himself is there? He says, I will make for him help. That means God has planted every help you require because to be a man requires every help you can get. As though God was not enough, he gave us women. Let me just deviate a bit and ask us to make use of the help God has given us. The only challenge is that Eve must be sure what he is feeding Adam. Because you're supposed to be helping my life, but you can give me something to eat in the form of a word, an attitude, a behavior, a display, manifestation that can be the result of our doom. So yes, we will make use of the help God has given us, but we want to beg Ona to make sure that <laughs> you vet and veto the source of what you want to feed us with. Because we are one meal away from sanity. We are one meal away from this serenity we are enjoying. We are one meal away from dominion. We are one meal into wear and tear. We are one meal away into struggles. He says from the sweat of your brow. You are going to eat. That means originally you were putting effort, but it, it, won't, it won't just be because no, 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 no. But because of what your wife has served you, you will plunge the entire creation into chaos and confusion. When a man is confused, he's not the only one confused. His entire house is confused. So it's in the interest of the inhabitants of the house to ensure the sanity of this man. If we are celebrating fathers, we, we, we are in the university. The thing must start from how sane I am as a male. Before we talk about fatherhood. If I'm limping now, fatherhood is just an amplification of my limp. People of God, to be a man is a serious business. And because of darkness, there is such an effort to ensure that maleness is confused. There is such an effort to literally wipe. I think, I think the proponents of this agenda want everybody to be female. That even if you are a male, operate as a female. And now there is such a huge advocacy for not just femaleness but feminineness. And I think now the balance has tilted again. We now need to come and support the boys. Because we've supported the girls and now, now the boys are suffering. Somebody came up with some statistics. He says if you take a class, first five in the class, academically, there are more women, more girls than boys. Now this brilliant woman, this brilliant girl, if he marries a, a, a nonsense boy, won't, won't he void all this brilliance? So is it not in the interest of males that men become sound? Or females that men become sound? Is it not in the interest of wives that husbands become Solid, but you will join people to be saying, Hey, we no go agree, we no go agree. After you have not agreed, the version of male you have to settle with, all that you have become cannot cure it. Cannot cure it. That you have become a, 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 a chartered feminist, does that cure the ills of maleness? No, no. You can't, you can't do womanhood, and on top of that, because you're a chartered feminist, you are now doing manhood. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have a unique place. 
No man can ever compete with a woman. He can't do, he is not wired for it. The reverse is true. Your strength is in being a woman. My strength is in being a man. There's no competition. We interdepend because there is something you are supplying as a woman. If I chew one bag of, of alligator pepper, I won't be able to do it. Your strength is in being a woman. Don't let anybody confuse you. And because of that, you've, you've left your womanhood and your femaleness and you are trying to be a chartered feminist so that what men can do, you can also do. You were not made to live like that. If we give the men their place and give the women their place, we will have a beautiful family. We will have a beautiful community. We will have a beautiful city and a beautiful nation. When males become males, when men become men, oh, no wonder the devil was not willing to face him head on. He had to go through an influence touch point. You see, and that's why I say sometimes we are in warfare and we don't even know. Because the devil won't come face to face and say, Cain, I want you to do this. But Ma, God forbid, oh. But he knows that Ma wields a certain influence on Cain. So if I can persuade Ma, that's why it says the woman was deceived, not the man. If I can, I can persuade this woman, this woman holds influence in the life of this man. So even if he won't listen to me, Satan, because I'm too obvious, he will listen to his wife. So it was strategic to come through the wife. Strategic. I know that women want us to listen to them and, you know, dance to their tune. It's very beautiful. I mean, every woman's day is made when their husbands listen to them. Every woman's day is made when their husbands listen to them. But would you be sure, can you vet that this thing you want me to listen to is not going to make me lose dominion? He says, I sought for a man and I found none. God had to go home empty. And yet the entire land was filled with men and women, males and females. But God says, I can't find a man whom we can do business with and the entire land will profit. Uh, let me wrap up my thoughts this morning as we pray for men again, pray for fathers again, pray for males again, and pray for boys again. We're not leaving you out, our dear women. Everything we want to become, you will be a beneficiary. You will enjoy us more when we are sound. You will enjoy us more when we are under the absolute authority of God. When we are operating with the word of God. When, when Jesus, the last Adam, was tempted, he told Satan, man, this time not just man, man, man shall not live by bread, but by every word. That means when a man is operating by the word of God, he's aligned. That's how benefits accrue to the people in his life. There is a story of a man. Uh, mm, okay, let's close on that. Uh, Judges chapter 3 and verse 5. Judges chapter 3. Judges chapter 3 and verse 5. 5-6, five, sorry. 5-6. Five, 5-6. Six. Five, six. Five, six, and then 3-31. Okay. Judges chapter 5 and verse 6. In the days... Oh my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. You helped us. Thank you. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. And the travelers walked through byways. He says in, in the days of Shamgar, this, this man, the son of Anath, the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. Nobody was traveling by the highways. 
it was dangerous to do so. And so the travelers walked through byways. Walked through byways. Chapter 3 verse 31. And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goat. And he also delivered Israel. This is all we know about this man. Nothing else. You can't find anything else about him. Hallelujah. Real men make society safe. Real men make their home safe. Real men make communities safe. Real men make the land safe. So this guy killed 600 Philistines with an ox goat. It's, it's just like a, a stick that is used to guide the ox. And, 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 and it is said that it's not as if he just met 600 men and killed them. He took them piece by piece. I want to encourage our men this morning. I'm closing on this. I want to encourage our fathers. You know, it is consistent with maleness to have global visions. To have big dreams. And many times, because of the size of the dream and the size of our ego, it's difficult to start small. So many of us may literally die with our dreams unattempted, not unfulfilled, unattempted. Because we see this big dream and the dream makes us so excited our egos match the dream. And then it's difficult in the face of this huge ego to act in chunks, to act in bits. So cumulatively, the global picture was that he killed 600 Philistines with his stick. And the Bible said he also delivered Israel. But you see, he was very strategic about it. The Bible says, Who art thou, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become like a plain. How? He shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace, grace. That entire mountain was going to be deconstructed stone by stone. Stone. He shall bring forth the headstone thereof. Sometimes that is the difficulty. And we are all culprits. I tell you, the vision I have doesn't look like where we are. But if I don't come through this route, I will never get there. I tell you, I think and prepare and live like, like, like the world is my parish. Many times I don't preach and teach the message I'm supposed to preach and teach. Like whatever it is you are hearing, you should see my heart. I'm telling you this. You should see my heart. It's like the things I think about before I stand here to talk and what I get to say. But if I don't come through this route, I'll never come to that place where that thing will be said. So I want to encourage every man, every father, every husband, every male, every boy, be willing to attack this dream bit by bit. It is cumulative successes that makes that big thing obvious. Many times it is the last headstone you bring down that everybody says, wow, he has destroyed a great mountain. No, you've been at this for a long time. You've been moving a stone by stone. Nobody will clap for you because you moved a stone. It's not historic. But when you bring the headstone thereof, now they are looking for the great mountain. They can't find it. And who is responsible for the disappearance of this great mountain? This man's a rubber bell.
But when he's bringing his stone by stone, nobody will even applaud. Nobody will say, oh, you're doing a great job, keep at it. Because bringing one stone doesn't look miraculous. I want to encourage us as fathers to use what we have. Everything you require, God has given you something to get it. Everything you require, God has already put something in you that if you put to use, you will take delivery of the next. We said it in this house that it is not when you get what you're looking for that you make progress, but it is when you use what you already have. You will not necessarily become so happy because you have gotten what you're looking for. The joy is in deploying what you have and seeing it work. Oh, you have no idea. So I want to encourage you. No more wishful thinking. No more daydreaming. It's been said time without number. The is it longest journey begins with a step. Yeah. So let's let's break down this global vision and let's do something about it bit by bit. The process doesn't look miraculous. It's the result that does. The process doesn't look supernatural. It's the result that does. If we commit to the process and grow, work strong, develop wisdom, and operate in the favor of God, we will be a wonder. And ultimately, the women in our lives, the children in our lives, the society in which we live, the community in which we operate, they will all bless God and thank God that we came. I want us to pray finally. I want you to pray for your father. Your father may not be a peak performer, may not be an angel, but you have no idea what it means to have a father. I'm talking about a physical father. You have no idea. If you grew up fatherless, you will understand that just that you have a father, is, 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 it does something to your soul. Pray for your father. Pray for your husband. Pray for uh, uh, your, your brothers. Pray for your uncles. We're just dedicating this service to, to men. Uh, pray for your boys. Pray for your boys. We live in perilous times where it's almost becoming a sin. It's becoming an oddity to operate as a man. It's like men, men are under attack. Men are becoming, becoming, oh my God. You are not free to be a man. Because now by being a man, you are going against so many rules of society. We need to go back and look at the templates. We need to take delivery of the word of God and align ourselves to God so that we can operate as the man, operate as the son, operate as the male, operate as the boy, the father, the husband, the grandfather that God has ordained for us to be. I want you to pray for the men in your life. Pray for insight. Pray for grace for them. Pray for courage for them. Strength for them. Oh, pray that they will become so discerning. Pray that they will become so discerning. Many times what they are dealing with is not what they are dealing with. And they require insight. They require discernment. They require such, such sensitivity. They require all kinds of things everywhere a man is. Seeking to bring him down. Seeking to corrupt him. 
seeking to confuse him, seeking to slow him down, seeking to take his power from him and make him docile. Pray for the men in your life this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What are you supposed to walk out of this service with as a man? You're saying to yourself, no more excuses. You want to understand the full responsibility on your shoulder. That as goes you, so goes your entire family. And so that, that sense of responsibility is going to guide your appetites. That sense of responsibility is going to guide your desires. That sense of responsibility is going to guide your choices. And the decisions you're making out there. You're going to become aware of this divine responsibility upon your shoulders. And you are going to take grace and say, Lord, I submit to your rule so that I can manage this earth for you and lead my family aright and lead my space aright. Pray for the men, pray for the men, pray for the men. Pray for your husband. We all need more courage than we are currently operating. We need it. We need boldness. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost so we can be bold enough to make the choices that matter. To take the decisions that matter. We need that boldness. We need that courage. Every strand of fear must be exercised from our souls until we can look at destiny in the eye and go for it. So no more excuses. No more excuses. If it's not working, sit down and fix it. If it's not functioning as it should, sit down and fix it. No excuses. Take Take control, take charge, take responsibility and lead that family. Lead. Lead your space. Lead your business. Lead that company. Lead. 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 Become influential. Become influential. So, we're leaving out every excuse. We are going to be the men God wants us to be. We are going to be the males God wants us to be. The husbands and fathers God wants us to be. We are going to be that. Number two, we are going to use what we have. We are not going to sit by desiring what others have, desiring what is possible, but we are going to engage what we have to create that thing God has set concerning our lives so you are going to make a commitment to use the graces you have to use the skills you have to use every endowment God has given you you are going to use it you are going to use it you are not going to be engaged in wishful thinking if only if only I had this if only this was this if only no you are going to face life as it is and win so we take excuses out we use what we have 
we're going to bring down the mountains a stone at a time. And you are going to walk out of this service this morning knowing you are the one to do it. You are the one to do it. We are not waiting for another man. You are the one to do it. You are the one to do it. God will find you. He sought for a man. This time, he will find you. You are the one to do it. You are the one to Don't look over your shoulder. There is no one coming. You are the one to do this. You are the one to take this family into that promised land. You are the one to model something before your children until they can look into society and know who a man is like. Oh, this morning it hit me so hard. It hit me so hard. Bexin, you've got to live in a way that all your girls, based on who you are as a man, they can choose the men of their lives. Because if they are just looking at society, they will be confused. Can I model what manhood is so that they can use me as an example of who a man is? Make a choice based on that. Decide on a life partner based on that. Mama Jenny must raise them as females, but I must model manhood before them so that they can see clearly according to God's template exemplified in me this is who a man is this is what I say yes to may God help me may God give me grace I pray the same for every man in this house every father in this house every husband in this house every male in this house find your voice in Jesus name when it matters most, find your voice in the name of Jesus. Find your voice when it matters most. May you not be quiet when you should be talking in the mighty name of Jesus. May you not be silent when you should be talking. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. We're praying that as a bonus, because we are emphasizing manness, manhood, uh, fatherhood, may, may God dash you a, a correct husband. <laughs> just as a bonus, just as a bonus. Oh, but we wish you God's riches and best. We wish you well on this adventure to discover, prepare, and deliver your purpose. We wish you well. May God honor you. May God cause you to see all the help he's planted around you. In the name of Jesus. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Amen. Alright, so whilst I was sitting, I, I, I felt that um, we needed to pray one more time for our men. For the fathers, for the males. We want to pray that every area of their lives will be exceptional. You see, because there is so many dimensions of, of the man. There are many things that affect the man directly. You know, his family affects him directly. His work affects him directly. Um, um, sometimes his recreation 
and, 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 and the enemy of the souls of men is very crafty. So something that looks harmless, like just recreation, he can just push you overboard and then it will affect the man directly. So it may even come as recreation. Oh, just fun. We're just hanging out. And before you know it, uh, a choice is made, a decision is made, a pact is struck, a relationship is established, um, a door opens that shouldn't have opened, you know. And so even in the harmless area of the recreation of the man, the recreation of the man, gone were the days when we watched soccer for fun. Now you can be making money whilst you are watching it. In the name of betting. And you see, the man who is wishing to be a millionaire through betting has already been compromised. Because work is what God ordained to release the man. So if you want to replace work with betting or you want to call betting work, you've already been compromised. And this thing starts so harmlessly. I mean, we're just watching it for fun. Okay, let's, let's just put something on, you know. And before you know it, somebody is addicted and is now willing to sell assets they have for assets they want. So we need to pray for our men. We need to pray for our men. We need to pray for our men. I'm not in any way being critical, please. There are, there are situations people have found themselves in and have made certain choices that if, if everything was, was, if all things were equal, they wouldn't have made those choices. So I'm not being critical of us. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm part of what I'm saying. And that's why we're praying. I'm not being critical of us at all. At all. Some people have found themselves in in, in very difficult situations and under such bleak situations some have made damaging choices damaging decisions but like I said but for the grace of God many of us may not live to repair or correct the decisions we make but for the grace of God but thank God for the grace of God and so in case you have found yourself in those difficult situations, you find yourself in the lion's den, you find yourself in Potiphar's house, and saying no to Mrs. Potiphar will mean 14 years in jail. Uh, many people have chosen the way of Mrs. Potiphar just to stay alive because of their families. So they are, they are very difficult things. I'm not, I'm not being simplistic at all. There are things that can threaten you to the extent that if you don't play ball, you will lose your job. And many times a man will say, ah, my children will go hungry. My wife will go hungry. You know what? I don't want to do it, but you for their sake, let me do it. So I'm not being critical. I'm not being simplistic. We have sometimes very complicated and sophisticated choices to make. I'm not being simplistic this morning at all. That things many times are not just black and white. You need to discern. You need to depend on God and be, be strengthened by God to even just stand on what you know is right. 
I'm talking too much, forgive me. But many times, the women in the lives of these men become the first critics. When a man stands his ground to lose his job, stands his ground to, to, to lose a contract, stands his ground to lose an opportunity, you will find these sophisticated women insulting them instead of supporting them. That you, you made the right decision. Even if we eat Gary for the next six months, we did this with a right conscience. He's talking. I'm here to support you. That's why I'm in your life. You will find a sophisticated woman telling that man, what is the essence of forgiveness? You should have just done it. So, so some men are faced with some very hard decisions, very hard choices. And they need God, they need God's grace, God's courage, God's wisdom to be able to navigate. And that's why we pray. We pray that God will grant them that insight. God will grant them that revelation, that wisdom. To speak when it matters most. Not to be quiet, not be silent when they need to speak up. To find their voices in difficult situations and circumstances. Under challenging situations for men to find their voices and be men. It's not the easiest thing to do. Being a man is not the easiest job on the earth. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. But one of the one of the dying experiences for a male man. Oh my God. Is to wait upon your vision. Hey! When you know how this thing is supposed to look like. And you are waiting. You are putting in everything and you are waiting. Ah! You need, you need support. You need, you need words that will keep you going. Not words that will break your heart. Oh, we need prayer. 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 And sometimes you can see such a grace gifted, endowed, such such an empowered man. And in the season in which he is, it's as if God has put him on the shelf. Whilst other men are making it happen. And you look at that and it's like, you feel less than you are. It's a feeling. I'm not saying you are less than you are. It's a feeling. But it's a lying feeling. And those are the critical moments when the voices of women and wives can come in to say, I believe in you. I be not because of what you have accomplished. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. Oh! Many times men are like, like, like the warden. When what you are given to take care of seems to have eluded you, they take knives to stab themselves. Ah, and you need a voice like Paul's. Do yourself no harm. We are all here. Oh, there are men who have lost stuff that has changed their lives. They may be going and coming going and coming but they know they know they know them they know they know what the real vaccine is like ah this week this week i was studying i was studying and then i came across a question and god said write it down write it down 
And the question is, what, who are you? Who are you uninterrupted? So I did it big on my laptop. Big landscape. Bexen, I wrote, Bexen, who are you uninterrupted? Not many of us are living. Not many of us are living. Not many of us are living. There are so many obstructions. So many distractions. Like you've not had, many of us have not had one clear year of uninterrupted living. I'm 45. I don't know how many years I've lived. Oh, I'm telling you. So many distractions. So many obstructions. So many issues. You live your life solving issues instead of living. Living. It's a man thing, I tell you. You won't understand it. Oh! So you go out there to fight jackals. And you come home and your wife is saying, when your, your mates are doing you, you are not seeing. You are not seeing. As if you are not smart enough. I'm not saying that's what women are doing to us. <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not speaking about you. I'm not speaking about you. God has blessed that with some very amazing women. Amen. But I'm just, I'm just telling you the story of a man. The story of a man. The story of a man. Hallelujah. I know, I know women also have their own episodes. But I tell you, to be a man like they say is not easy. I tell you. I tell you. I tell you. When all the support structures are being destroyed so fast, that now you have to do so much just to just to just to be a man. Like, like, you know, you can't just be a man. To be a man, you start so far, construct your own road until now you can become a man. Ow! Don't be fooled by somebody going and coming, going and coming, wearing suit, wearing tight. Don't be fooled, though. That's not what it means to be a man. The preacher has come upon me. So I want us to pray for our men. And you know the prayer that works is intense, passionate prayer. Don't pray for your husband as if, even if you don't answer, I'm okay. Thank God I have a job. Thank God I'm, I have a degree. God, even if you don't answer this prayer, I'm praying for this man. He should sort himself out. That prayer will never be answered. And then you will say, uh -huh, I said it. I've even been praying for him, but it's not working. Nitinye, 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 nitinye. Only luck. Come empire now, me born crying. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You have to pray passionately for your man. Passionately for your husband. You have to pray intensely for him. Let your husband be your prayer topic. You won't have to pray for anything again, I tell you. You will never have to pray for anything again if you truly pray for your husband. All those prayer topics will become provisions. Why do you pray when it can be provided? So don't, you are not praying for your husband. You are praying for this. You are praying for this. You are, everything you are praying for. If, 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 oh, if your husband is enthroned, all that will come as provisions. My God. My God. 
we need help, Lord. We need help as men. We need help. As fathers, we need help, Lord. We need help. We cry out for help, Lord. We look to the hills from whence comes our help. Oh, God. Help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. Help us, help us, help us. Help us, help us, help us. Help us. We receive help. We receive help. We receive help. We receive help. We receive help to be fathers. Help to be husbands. Help to be men, Lord. Kingdom men. Thank you, Jesus. Help to be kingdom men. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord. 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 Help us. 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 You know, when Jesus told 12 men, inclusive of himself 13, to cross over to the other side, these men encountered a storm that they began to cry out. Don't you care that we perish? When the men spoke to the man, don't you care that we perish? You know, there are things men deal with. I, I don't know whether there was a woman in Acts chapter 27 on that boat, but it seems as if it was an all-man affair. And yet, they encountered something on the high seas that the Bible says when hope that they should be saved was all lost. Have you met a hopeless man before? Have you encountered a hopeless man before? Like he's done everything he knows to do and it's not working. Oh. But the Bible declares there was one man in that ship. The Lord came through. He said, there stood by me an angel of the Lord this night. In this hopeless situation, I have a word. I have an answer. I pray that God will give our men words. Oh, when they're going through the toughest of times, may God show up. May the word of the Lord come to them. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for fathers. Thank you for husbands. Thank you for men. Thank you for males. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for raising us. Thank you for mentoring, discipling, and tutoring us. The hopes of our generation are bound on us. Lord, the hopes of our families are bound on us. The hopes of our community is bound on us. Help us deliver the goods. Help us come through as expected. Help us turn out right. Help us, Lord. Lead this family into victory and from victory to victory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That on this special occasion, you're blessing each and every one of us with courage and boldness. You're blessing each and every one of us with insights. You're blessing us with discernment 
You're blessing us. You're blessing us. You're helping us. I thank you, Father. For every dimension, every sphere, every space, every area of the life of a man. Lord, their businesses, their work. Lord, their families, their spouses, their children. Lord, their friends, their colleagues. Lord, even in the areas of recreation, that you will help us make the right choices. Help us lead our families. Help us. We give you all the thanks and all the praise because you're a prayer answering God. And you have answered this desperate cry of our hearts with a yes. Thank you, Jesus, for coming through for each and every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We believe you've been blessed. For further inquiries, contact Kingdom Expression Ministries worldwide on 0201-300-400 or visit our website www.kingdomexpression.org. Follow us on social media at Kingdom Expression. You can locate us at South Oyarifa, 300 meters from the Ankunam Junction.